0: Thank you for tuning in to the Bully Pew Podcast brought to you by Protestia.com and all of our intrepid and hopefully troublemaking patron supporters who for only $5.95 support this and other ministries and podcasts and videos and articles and things at Protestia. We do the work of discernment and polemics online with the goal of equipping the saints for the... The new context of spiritual warfare that we find ourselves in in um, <clears throat> in 2023, excuse me. I am your host, David Morrill, driving through um, Denver, Colorado on a nice, sunny, windless day. Um, weather is terrific, and I'm glad to be with you. We are going to be discussing on the Bully Pew Podcast um, an interesting little... Bleh, well, as usual, I suppose, an interesting little spat or kerfuffle or whatever you want to call it on the interwebs involving Blaze uh, Media podcast host Allie Beth Stuckey and kind of her butting heads with, um, I guess you would, you would call it uh, patriarchal um, thought leaders, uh, patriarchal Twitter, whatever, whatever you want to say, um, on the issue of, of gender roles and women preachers. Uh, we're going to be delving into that a little bit. I want to fill in the pieces of the puzzle that I think are missing often, very often, in, in well, really, uh, women and men who approach this issue from a conservative theological standpoint, as Allie Beth does, and yet they, they wind up at um, faulty conclusions... Because it's not their 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 view of uh, biblical gender roles, complementarianism, patriarchy, whatever you want to call it, is not. I would argue not fully formed based off of the the wrong conclusions that they tend to arrive at. Uh, I want to say before I um, go through what I believe uh, Allie Beth may have gotten wrong here. Let me let me frame it a little bit. Um, so I just, I, I happened across this little debate on social media. I, I do have for the record, uh, folks that I consider friends or, uh, trustworthy, uh, folks that I, you know, have direct communication with that are, that are friends with Allie Beth and, um, she and I are not friends. I, like, I don't know her. I don't think she knows me. Um, I, I, I'm sure we've probably had a few interactions from time to time on social media, but that describes a ton of people. And so I don't want to pretend like I have some sort of, um, you know, insider access or something like that. I don't know her particularly well. I don't listen to uh, her podcast normally. Um, I have listened to a few of them. And I would say uh, that I, I would agree with uh, almost everything that I hear. And I do find, um, I know there are some um, males who do, you know, men who do this kind of, Public work, and they're podcasting, and they're making videos, and they're writing articles, and doing all the stuff that we do. Who might disagree with me about this? Uh, but I find uh, women uh, in in media, in the conversation, uh, especially this is this will be is is kind of a paradox and an irony, especially in the age of um, feminism. I think we're in what the fourth wave now. I lose count, but I think we're in the fourth wave. In the midst of fourth wave feminism at this point. And because the internet is such a vast place and people can quote unquote exist in all corners of the internet, I, bl- I find it very valuable to have, uh, faithful women, uh, Christian women speaking to, uh, the issues of being a Christian woman in the, in the public sphere. I don't find anything biblically wrong with that per se. Um, and yet at the same time, uh, uh, folks like Ali Beth and, uh, and and some other women that I've heard sort of debate this and talk about this, I, I, I would argue are missing the point, um, or, or I, I should say missing the last piece of the puzzle theologically that, that really makes their their belief in biblical gender roles, um, whether you want to call that complementarianism or patriarchy, if you define it properly, um, that's the important part. Not, not particularly what term you use, although as with everything else, it's always good if we can all agree that a term means what it means, and come to a come to a conclusion about that, so we can have a productive conversation. But what happened was, uh, apparently, she said in a podcast. I guess people have been giving her a hard time um, for what they perceive to be her uh, maybe focusing on too much too much on work outside of the house, which I, I find sort of a non-starter because we don't know what her schedule is like. We don't know what her life is like. We don't know what, um, she and her husband have decided, um, between each other on how their marriage is to be worked out. And, And, I mean, my wife has a job. Um, we, we believe, uh, we're, we're comfortable with that before the Lord. Uh, I believe we've, we've kept that her, her, her job as a teacher in its proper place and um subjugated to her greater roles um of wife and mother and housekeeper and those things and you know i we 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 tend to think that we have some because the internet gives us this impression sometimes that we have some sort of a an omniscient view into the lives of others and we can proclaim biblical judgments from on high about other people's lives rather than just what they've said or done um, in the public—something that can be adjudicated publicly—like it is, it is very different. We've talked about this before. It is very different to criticize what somebody has preached publicly, taught publicly, said publicly, what they've done publicly. Um, these kind of things—that—that's—that's um, that's what we can do. We can't peer into their personal lives and assume motivations and. Sort of drag their beliefs out from behind what we think we see. The internet doesn't give us that power, fortunately. It, it makes us think we have that power. And it, it, I mean, it, it gives us an air of omniscience and an air of om, omnipotence, uh, omnipotence, as it were. It gives us this idea that that might exist, but it really doesn't. And apparently, I guess folks have been giving her a hard time. Um, because she does a podcast and, uh, and assuming things about her life and her schedule and whatnot based around that. And in response, uh, to that, she had released a podcast. I don't know exactly when it was a day or two ago, that kind of range, in, in which she said, um, the, the, the poll quote or the quote that everybody is in a, in a, uh, in a debate over an argument over at this point she said something along the lines i'm paraphrasing here but something along the lines of um i could preach a a better sermon than many men out there um but i basically she chooses not to because she respects what the bible teaches about um women not teaching in the not preaching not teaching within the gathered assembly um and so people you know i would argue rightly took issue with that She had also said, because this was about an hour-long podcast, I think she did, but she also said, well, and and with with ads in the middle, so I don't know if it was an hour of content or not, probably a little bit less. But she had also said in there, um, drawn the comparison to... um, She had drawn the comparison uh, in the podcast to the military. Well, yeah, men should go fight battles because they're physically equipped to do that, but it's not the same argue over idea to to quote unquote battle over ideas um and and i have always argued and i will make the case here that that um the comparison between physical military battle and the comparison between preaching and teaching arguing over ideas as it were uh, is a good comparative and a related comparative and to and to say something like women are just as equipped um to have ideological battles versus not being equipped to have physical battles is not, is not the case. Uh, God, God uh, very, I would argue, very purposefully joined those two things together. They're, they're connected with one another. One's ability or equipping or call to fight physical wars and their call to fight ideological wars and over ideas and especially biblical doctrine are linked they're linked. Um, men are physically equipped to engage in warfare in ways that women are not, but men are also dispositionally equipped, ontologically equipped by their design to have, uh, battles ideologically that women are not designed to have. This is the, the created order, the, the, the complement between men and women, um, there's a ge- there, there are general principles that transcend the boundaries of physical and spiritual and they, they, they complement one another I'm not saying complement in terms of men and women complementing one another, I'm saying the dispositional equipping of men for warfare, physical warfare complements, it, it goes hand in hand with, it is the same um, as the dispositional equipping of men to have ideological battle battle over ideas, battle over beliefs, battle over the truth of Scripture. Um, it is not a coincidence that so many wars are fought and started based off of ideas, based off of belief, based off of you know, that that, uh, um, that inseparable connection between the physical and the spiritual realm. There, there, there are two different places. But man is a unified being. Mankind is a unified being. Our ideas and our body, our personhood, are um, inexorably linked to one another. And So, number one, I think that she she gets it she gets it wrong by saying or or claiming, seeming to claim at least that um, that she could uh, preach a sermon, a, a better sermon. I think she said it that way, a better sermon than a man. Um, that is ontologically not possible Um, because men were called by God to deliver sermons to preach and for a whole host of reasons beyond their raw communicative abilities there is a there is a gravitas there is a, a spiritual representation that takes place as a man delivers the Word of God to the people of God, and to, to a, a similar level, a man of God delivering the truth of God's Word to a, the lost, rebellious, um, immoral culture. There is, there is a gravitas that can only be brought by a man who is dispositionally equipped to be in this position. There is a reason, an ontological design creation order reason why God chose men to author scripture. To be the, the, the penners of the holy text. There's, there's a reason that's the case. There's a reason that um, none of the disciples were women. None of the apostles were women. That's not because some sort of technicality. That's because that is in line with how God lined up. Um, the different different roles of men and women, and so f- a, for a woman to say I could deliver a better sermon presupposes that there is, that that she is starting from um, equal footing to a man as far as her her design to do something like this, and uh, it, like what I'm arguing for is that the the preaching of the word. A sermon, um, the proclamation of the truth of God from a position of spiritual authority um, in the gathered body, is more than somebody's ability to communicate their raw communicative abilities, their ability to put together a thought, or to speak clearly, or enunciate properly, or any of any of the things that we would say make up. good communicator. They're components of good communication. Preaching is beyond that. Preaching is in a different category. It's not just doing a podcast or um, making a speech or arguing with somebody. It is the means by which God has ordained His uh, His, um, chosen people and the world around them to receive um, His divine revelation. For it to be proclaimed, for it to be understood, for it to be taught, um, God has ordained this—the uh, preaching of the word—to the gathered assembly as a specific um, area of worship, as a specific act of worship, and it is to be done by men, as ordered by creation, regardless of one's communicative abilities. So, I, I hope that she—I hope that she'll clear this up. Um, I, I hope that she'll hear um, those of us that appreciate her and what um, and, and her willingness to uh, be in the fight culturally like I don't think that women can't be culture warriors but we have to be very clear about why what are the reasons what, are, what is the designed reason behind why Ali Stuckey is not capable of delivering a sermon better than most men I, I believe that's how she said it, and th- this becomes the problem when a lot of women with conservative values, conservative wives, um, conservative young women, when, when they ask their pastor, they ask somebody in the know, you know, somebody that they trust, well, why, why can't I preach? Why can't why, why is this restriction in the scripture? I mean, 1 Timothy 2.12 I do not permit a woman to speak or exercise authority over a man um, instead she is to remain quiet why is that the case? That, you know, God, is, God is a God of order and he's, he's not a God of, of arbitrary legalisms so we would have to understand this restriction in the body of Christ to be a restriction that is for a purpose or it makes sense, it's by design it's not, it's not a technicality And when we say things like, well, you know, when women say things like, I'm just as capable of, um, or, or more capable of delivering a good sermon than many men or most men or whatever, we, we ignore, we, we treat it as a, we're treating this uh, restriction as a technicality as something where, Hey, you know, women are just as capable of preaching than men, but God said no. So we're not doing it. Um. And and I would argue, not only is it incomplete, but it's disrespectful to the Word of God because Paul made it clear in this restriction, he drew it all the way back to creation. He appealed to our nature, how we were made, how we were made by God. This restriction exists um, as a component or an, an outpouring of the differences between a created man and a created woman. And we, I we saw the error again um, as as Allie Beth talked about the military, where she basically indicated, you know, at least this is what I took from it. Like I said, hopefully this can be made more clear if this conversation continues. But she she um, characterized the men being the ones to go um, do warfare based solely off of men's physical traits while men are b- made physically stronger that's why they're the warriors that's why they're the ones that go and make war and um and kill people now here now here's the problem with this in modern warfare um where we use firearms and we use um we use adv- very advanced weapons of war that can almost um, depersonalize the the actual act of killing the enemy, the actual act of killing your wartime opponents. Um, we, we've, we've created a situation where that the physical differences between men and women are much less important than they used to be in some facets of war. Some facets of war. Like, as, as an example, if we were to have technological advancements that brought us superhuman exoskeletons, where now all of a sudden, even in hand to hand combat or an in infantry, you know, ground cavalry style combat, men and women were physically the same, then by by Ali Best's example, there would be no there would be no um, reason anymore to prohibit women from going to war right alongside the men. And that's still not appropriate. It still would not be appropriate, even if women were as physically capable as men, which they are clearly not. and it was by design and by unified design. The same reason that that God made women physically um, weaker than men is the same reason um, that He made men dispositionally different and 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 tasked with a different role. In, in mankind, in the created order, um, those reasons all agree with one another. So men, uh, a man's physical dominance is complements his disposition, his dispositional um, differences and what that requires, what, what he is supposed to do. Women are to be nurturers and life bringers and men are tasked with the um, unfortunate, obviously, and, and a result of sin, but men are tasked with taking life, with bearing the burden of taking another human being's life and still being able to to live on. Um, that is not a that is not a um, a burden, an emotional, a psychological uh, burden that is intended for women. And so, even if you have in warfare situation, you know the technology that sort of Um, levels the playing field physically, you're still going to be asking of women something that God did not design them for dispositionally. Women, again, we, we, and we see this, we see this depravity, we see the results of this depravity, of this reordering of things, even in things like, uh, like abortion. And, you know, of course, it is always a sin, it is murder to take the life of the unborn, but look at the look at the example of women that have um, have had abortions, and you wind up usually in overwhelmingly in one of two camps. Uh, the first being that they are um, inconsolably uh, suffering from this decision that they've made, that they recognize that they've taken another human being's life, their own child's life, and um, they bear that weight uh, for the rest of their lives. Um, or you find that they that they have to go further and further into vocal and militant rebellion. They, they, re, they have to respond by pushing away, su- um, suppressing those maternal instincts that, that are really saying to them, "You did something hor- horrific here. They suppress it by becoming more militant, angry, Uh, Angry at the world, angry at God, really angry at themselves, but they they become belligerent instead. Um, In other words, women were not intended by the Lord to be life takers. They were intended to be life bringers, life nurturers, and men are the ones um, who are dispositionally equipped to go to war to kill other human beings and be able to reconcile that. That's how God designed it, and it is evident in men and women, our physical differences. It is evident in our dispositional differences, and it is evident in um, God's revealed word. Special revelation in scripture backs all of this up. It agrees with it. It synchronizes with it. It makes sense. What doesn't make sense is for us to say, well... um, Women are just as capable uh, as men of preaching. They're 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 capable of these things, and yet, um, for some, you know, for a technical reason, because God happened to create man before He created woman, um, from man, because of that technical reason, that's why women are uh, the pulpit is off limits for them. Like that's 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 not a compelling reason um, to. I mean really any thinking person because again God has reasons for why he's, he's designed things the way he has um, it's not a technicality and so so uh, Allie Beth is I, I think doing um, by and large very good work I appreciate it I don't think she should stop but she's missing this piece of the puzzle she's missing this part of it and this, uh, this, this reaction of hers to people giving her I, I'm it seems like an undue hard time on social media. Her, her reaction to it um, and some of the things she said are, are in error. Now, if if you don't believe that men are dispositionally equipped differently than women, and yet you um, still accept the Bible's teaching on this, you're still 90% of the way there. But this is why th- this, this conversation and confusion will continue to happen between... Theological conservatives, conservative Christians, if we don't take it all the way back to the way God created us, just like Paul did. So I I, I hope that makes some sense. Um, I know we've talked about this before. I suspect that um, Allie Beth will probably not hear this podcast, and and that's okay. If 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 the if the debate continues, we'll put something up that she you know may come across or will see. Um, that will explain this a little bit better, but, and I've said in the past before, by the way, I've said that, that, um, that the restriction on women, um, teaching men is not because they can't teach. And I still stand by that. It's not that they can't teach. It is, um, because of the created order. Um, they are not to teach men. They teach women. Right, older women are to teach younger women. Obviously, women teach children, and I would argue, outside of a theological context, outside of scripture, outside of the proclamation, exposition, teaching of God's word, um, I've had, pl- even in adulthood, I had pl- plenty of women teachers that did a terrific job of um, teaching me whatever that subject matter was. I don't have a problem with that at all. But the pulpit is an authoritative position teaching among the gathered body. Um, scripture, really, I mean, I suppose anything, but especially Scripture, the Word of God, is an authoritative position. We are saying, as, as a, a body of Christians, as the body of Christ, we are saying, this, this man here, this elder, has been called for this very serious, um, important, authoritative, uh, very high-standard role, to um act as a as a conduit as a broker of truth between the truth of God's word and his people um, and it is warfare it is spiritual warfare we are engaged in our war is not physical it is within spiritual things and he has been dispositionally equipped for this in a way that his wife has not been despite her teaching ability, despite her, despite her communicative abilities, um, this is not her her communicative abilities are not designed for this role. And um, we you know if we if we draw this all the way back to creation, we understand why it's the case. I mean Paul said very specifically it was not the man who was deceived, but the woman who was deceived. That wasn't said by accident. That wasn't, that wasn't Paul proof texting or finding some sort of a technicality for, for this restriction. That was him indicating there is a dispositional difference between men and women. And it flows all the way from our, um, our arguing and how we argue and how we think and how we process information all the way through to how our bodies were designed physically for warfare. Wars are started over ideas. Wars are extensions of ideas. Um, our physical self and our our mental self, our spiritual self, are not separate. They they are connected. Yeah, they're, they're different components of us, but they are all part of our personhood as as human beings. As those created in God's image, human beings being created in God's image is not just. Um, In fact, it's not at all really about um, saying, well, you know, Christ will come to earth as a human, and he has a face and arms and legs, and so therefore we have a face and arms and legs. Created in God's image means we we bear many of those, uh, of his characteristics in terms of our our, um, reality, in terms of our existence, in ways that the rest of creation does not. So the rest of creation, uh, living beings, um, plants and animals and things like that do not bear that image, that stamp of, um, being a create creative, um, self-aware, um, uh, um, self-examining being like human beings are. But that, that being the case, God designed us very specifically for Specific roles as men and women, and the restriction of um, women not exercising authority or teaching men in the gathered assembly is simply an expression of what God originally designed and created. That doesn't, again, that doesn't mean that um, women can't do um, podcasts or write articles or or be public figures per se, um, especially in a nation where we are governed by laws. Um, I know there are some folks on my side of this theologically that would say uh, we also shouldn't have women in governmental positions because that is a an, an exer- the general equity of men and women in exercising authority um, would indicate that men should be leading in all of these areas of. Of our society, of the church, of the family, of the of the um, the civil government, um, and normally I I would I, I would tend to agree with that, except for the fact that I'm still stubbornly holding on to this idea that we are not a nation of um, representatives and, and governors, we're a nation of laws, and so can a can a woman uh, properly uh, exercise the laws of the land properly work within that structure? I yeah, I think so. Um, my congressman you know well yeah that's that, that's a whole other uh, story but but you know my representatives for instance if they' if they're women they're representing me they're working for me they're working for me and the rest of the and the rest of the body politic they're not leading me per se um, if you properly understand American um, governance we're leading them so uh, you know, Kamala Harris or whoever, you know, she's the vice president, but she's not my leader per se. She's a she's the the assistant executive, you know, the president of the of the Senate. She has a specific role, but it is by the people and for the people. She works for us. She doesn't lead us. So that's 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 where I fall down on that. Um, anyway, I hope this discussion was helpful i'm going to track it keep tracking what's going on just because i i, I think it's important that um <clears throat> women who are doing good work and who have uh you know conservative convictions theologically politically you know, doctrinally it's important that um that they know and and are able to articulate the whole story when they when they discuss these issues and i hope that um Hope that somebody will be able to get the message to uh, Allie Beth that she's missing, missing a piece or two here. But she, she's pretty close to figuring this out. She's got a piece or two that need to be put into place to, I would argue, fully understand it. And we'll be uh, hoping and praying that that happens. Thank you so much for listening to the Bully Pew Podcast. For all of the troublemakers at protestia.com, have a good rest. of the end of your week, um, go to church on Sunday and worship the Lord with the saints. Uh, in, in obedience to him. I will be in my church, and you will be yours, and perhaps some of you listening to this will be in my church. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. As always, Semper Reformanda.